This is Randomosity. Man, I'm getting dizzy. I could hurl. No, no, chew it back, man. Chew it back. Toledo's final radio show. On air, online, anytime, on demand, at your fingertips. Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, Podbean, and Audible on Amazon. Facebook.com forward slash Randomosity Podcast is where you can find us on social media. And by the way, you can also find this program on Player FM now just to let you know and of course each and every single thursday at 1 p.m eastern on owens community college radio outcast as uh, we like to refer to it as so you're tuning in right now to the vinyl thon 2023 recap from randomosity live from april 20s the april 22nd there we go <laughs> you know this is pre-recorded i guess i could go back and recut it but why would i want to do that right professional show business here people i'm telling you what so we got something special here for you we had a version of the recap run for the randomosity show itself that was broadcast on april 27th on owens community college radio but what this is is a special extended version you see randomosity itself okay and i'm gonna give you a little peek behind the curtain only gets 50 minutes total time for new content each and every single week 25 minutes per block and this past saturday's special live show went for four hours the kiss segment itself spread out over two hours and then pride hour itself of course went for actually a little under an hour because we ran over and with the kiss segment <laughs> what a shock <laughs> hey i don't mind it you know what i mean so what we're gonna do here is we're gonna give you all a special extended version with the interviews in their entirety from the kiss segment and the pride hour as well as the music that we played that also includes front to back the classic 1975 kiss alive double lp and the dolly music that sugar is giving me slack for not putting into the broadcast version <laughs> Sorry about that, Sugar. All right, everybody. Here you go. Special extended version of Randomosity Live for Vinylthon 2023. Don't forget to check us out anytime, anywhere, online, on most streaming media platforms, facebook.com forward slash Randomosity Podcast. And of course, if you see me out and about, tell the doctor, hey, why don't you? All right. Enjoy. In five, four, three, two... Initialize sequence now. The doctor is in. This is Randomosity, Toledo's only vinyl radio show. Back on the air here on Randomosity Live for Vinylthon 2023. My name is Dr. J. Thomas. It is the three o'clock hour, and as promised, it is uh, time for our Kiss album profile. I have misplaced my notebook, so I'm going to have to kind of. Um, Oh, there it is. Thank you, Roxy Lynn. I appreciate that. I put it right in front of me. I'm blind as a bat, folks. You okay, I'm, man? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm, you need a hug? <laughs> yeah, well, maybe maybe something else. We'll see. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> before we get started here, I want to thank Allied Record Exchange. They are big supporters of this program, and I do. I, I, I literally buy all of my records from Allied Record Exchange, and you should too. Allied on Reynolds in Toledo and Navarre in Oregon, and they've got some good stuff going on over there for uh, Record Store Day today. 2023, April 22nd is the day today. And uh, today, as promised, we're uh, discussing the classic double LP from KISS, 
Alive, released in 75, correct, Jamie? September of 75. September of 75. Mm-hmm. Now, there's an interesting um, story leading... Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, before we go any further, I need to introduce Morgan Kaczynski from NBC24 is here in studio. Uh, we're going to have to share mics here, I think. I'm not. we got like four people in the studio. Good Lord. Good. I can project. You can project. Projecting. All right. Are, 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 I heard that one over, too. So. Right. Okay. This, yeah. this is like we're like. It's this, just like being at NBC Twenty Four, isn't it? Oh we're gosh. Totally prepared. Of course. We're ready. Yes. Everything sounds right. There's nothing misspelled on the lower thirds. No, of course <laughs> no. not. No, of no. course. No. <laughs> Good not at Lord. All. Oh not man. All. all right. By the way, we absolutely love NBC Twenty Four, and I want to say thank you to them for allowing uh, you to come in and be a part of this show. Yeah, and and thank you for coming here. We uh, really do appreciate it very much, Morgan. Happy to be here. Absolutely. All right, so getting back to the subject here, uh, talking about Kiss as a live LP, you know, um, leaning into this was an interesting time for not just Kiss, but for uh, Casablanca Records. It was still, for all intents and purposes, a young record label. It was they, brand new, yeah. It was, they, they didn't have a lot of money, if any, at times. And uh, Kiss had already previously put out the self-titled album, Hotter Than Hell, and then Dressed to Kill. And that kind of brings us to this point, doesn't it? All in the span of 13 months did they put out three records. Casablanca Records was so desperate for a hit. They would pull them off tour, get them in the studio, get them to do another record, put them back on tour. Nope, that album didn't sell. Come back in, do it again. Mm-hmm. But what they found after three records, they found two things. One, we're broke. We put all our money into these three records, and now we don't have you know, any sales. But Kiss is killing it on the road. Selling out. Uh, some bands aren't even letting them open up because they're just so good. They're selling out everywhere. So Eddie Kramer, who had originally done their demo back before the first record, mm-hmm. said, hey, Kiss is not a studio band. They are a live band. So let's put out a live record. And the uh, record company at first was like, well, that's kind of like a greatest hits record, and we don't have any of those. And so he was like, trust me. You put these guys live on an album, it's going to sell. Mm-hmm. And it did. And it was a multi-million dollar seller. Sold uh, three million copies, I believe, before the next record came out. That, that's pretty incredible. I mean, really, when, when you think about the time period and really at a time when, for all intents and purposes, live albums, kind of like what you were saying, were not only like greatest hits records, but live albums, unless it was something like really special, typically didn't move a lot, did it? No, they didn't. And that was... Everybody knew that Kiss was spectacular live, and so the friends would say, hey, remember what I was talking about? This band that sounds really, really crappy on your turntable, but I went to see them live? Here's what they really sound like, and that snowballed, and it was like social media for back then. And, and Word and, of mouth is what that's called. Right. And, well, yeah, exactly. That's a technical term. Right, exactly. I mean, that, and that's the thing. Like, you know, I, everybody in this room, I think with the exception of Roxy. No, I'm kidding. Um, everybody in this room came from a time before social media. You know, everything was either word of mouth or something maybe you would hear it on the radio or see it on MTV. But also keep in mind, too, 1975, MTV didn't exist. Exactly. It, was, it was all radio and record stores, and that was pretty much it. That was the only way you could get your music back then. And to drive this point home about the, the studio kiss and the live kiss, the, the album previous to Alive was Dress to Kill. Mm-hmm. They released Rock and Roll All Night as a single. It didn't even break the top 100. And if you listen to that song, it's really boring. It doesn't even have a guitar solo in it. They didn't really have money to hire a producer. It was basically an overblown demo. But when they released Alive, 
And Rock and Roll Night as a single, it was a top ten hit. It's the same song. It's got the same five chords. <laughs> right. The same lyrics. <laughs> right. The same yeah. melody. But it's just a different song. Mm-hmm. And plus, you put an Ace Freely solo in there, and that's all you need, really. I mean, Ace, Ace's stuff was good. It, for the it was, time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and after his car wreck. But well, then, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Which, which we just won't discuss. The excesses of rock and roll did pay its toll on, on Mr. Freely. But he got the biggest ovation at the Hall of Fame. Which was interesting, yeah. And and I just kind of and like you could like look over and see Gene off the side, like oh. yeah. <laughs> Gene was not the least bit happy about yeah, that. No. Gene, uh, and I don't think much many things make Gene happy except well, money. Right. Well, yeah, that's about it. Money and money and uh, can I put my face on this? Yes. You know what I mean? Exactly, Mister the King of Licensing over there. Um, Morgan, we were on what's going on yesterday. We were discussing. Uh, different aspects and and so forth regarding how Kiss um, not only changed music but also uh, culture to a certain degree. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, definitely. And you know, just to kind of to Jamie's point, like what a gross overassumption for record producers or even distributors to assume that a listener wouldn't want to feel what it's like to be at a live concert. You know, you forget that with the advent of social media, there is access to so much. But when you're living in Iowa. And there's one radio station and no venues, you never get a live music experience. So it seems like rocket, it's not rocket science that someone, you know, there's how many millions of Americans just in general that had never been to a live music event and then could relate to this and think, oh, I want to listen to this whole album. Also, this idea that people would want to listen just to very tidy, buttoned up singles while they're at home on their record player seems a little archaic. But as you, as we talked about, too, one of the things that influenced me as a young child in the 80s and early 90s was how bold their fashion sense was. Mm. And what I didn't understand at the time was what I was attracted to and quite frankly aroused by was their androgyny and their ego, if you will, and ego in a Greek way, ego in a good way. They were so um, bold and confident that they could go out and wear these outfits that until then were really subsidized to being, you know, LGBTQ, if you were to say it at the time. Um, You know, like the village people, but they weren't. And what they found was that women or people that were just attracted to them went absolutely crazy because it was incredibly sexy. Makeup is sexy. Confidence is sexy. And then, you know, he, you know, Jamie said it perfectly. Like they are a better live band. And with the costumes, with the fashion, you know, they sort of broke down doors. They were allowing people, you know, it's not like Axl Rose woke up and said, I'm going to wear tight leather pants. <laughs> yeah, he saw right. that it was okay that Kiss did it. And when he put them on, oh, wow, shock and awe, all of a sudden, you know, I'm getting free into the strip club. So they really did. I don't think a lot of people probably put that together. I don't think Anna Wintour with Vogue mm-hmm. is saying that Kiss opened all these doors, but it's pretty obvious that they just did. No, you're you're absolutely right. And, you know, talking about, you know, the influence and, and so forth that Kiss put on people. Uh, interestingly enough, this morning when I got up and I was getting my coffee and getting moving on the morning and getting ready to come here, uh, I found this little documentary on uh, the first couple albums by Rat, and uh, they were showing uh, videos and concert performances of when Stephen Piercy was, would perform in the early 80s and it didn't register until i watched it this morning i'm like oh my god he was doing everything he could to copy paul stanley it was just like it was ridiculous yes. it really was I, to the point that uh, he really owes paul uh, royalty 
Like it was like I'm like watching. I'm going. Am, am I watching Paul or am I watching Steel? Like wh- what am I watching here? You know what I mean? It was crazy how much and it he influences you in ways that you don't even realize because some of my early uh, recorded music sounded like Paul Stanley, mm-hmm. and I never really knew that, and I didn't hear it, but everybody would tell me that, and it was just a subconscious thing after listening to the record so many times and so many times, you just start to get influence in ways you don't even realize. That's absolutely right. Maybe I owe him a royalty. <laughs> yeah, well. He's listening right now. He'll find you. He's uh, actually on Gene's payroll right now. Yeah. <laughs> goodness. Sorry. Yes. Don't sue me. I, I, I spent the money long ago. Oh, my goodness. All right. Let's uh, get things moving here. And, and when we come back, we'll dive a little bit more into the album and uh, also discuss the uh, concept, shall we say, behind the Knights and Satan service. Yeah. We're going to talk a little bit about that coming back uh, right after this. Side one of Kiss's classic 1975 album, Alive. Enjoy, folks, and turn it up. This is Randomosity Live for Vinyl Thon 
Firehouse, Random Aussie Live for Vinyl Thon 2023. I was sitting here, I'm going, come on, Paul, wrap it up. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He likes to stretch it out a little bit. No, that's what I've heard. Well, yeah. he's, he's got the uh, the fireman hat on and the the sirens and the smoke coming out on the stage. and that's uh, They did that song up until the early 80s, and it was really kind of weird to see him in the, you know, as he got older in that fireman's outfit. You know, Paul, look, it's time to... <laughs> yes. I'm glad they replaced it with Lick It Up or whatever they did replaced it with on the set list. It's uh, interesting. Uh, I've, I've probably played this album, uh, I, obviously not nearly as many times as you have, but I've played it quite a few times leading into today so I could kind of literally I wouldn't know where everything was and, and just kind of take it all in. And, you know, the interesting thing I find about this album, talking about uh, Firehouse, is it sounds so perfect at times, you know, and then there's other times where it's kind of like loose. And wasn't it basically that they wanted to replicate that live sound that you would get when you went out and saw them? Pretty That's much? exactly. They wanted, they could have done two things. They could have made this just a single album with a bunch of live cuts on it. Mm-hmm. But, that's where Eddie Kramer said, no, it has to be a double album. It has to be the full concert. It has to be like the intro to Cold Gin you know, that we're going to listen to on side four where he talks. Mm-hmm. You know, no live records now do that. There's just a live cut. Well, there's really no live records anymore anyway. Right, but right. <clears throat> if you see a cut on uh, YouTube and it's just a song, it's just the song in front of an audience. You don't get that full effect. Mm-hmm. You can't sit with the speakers like I used to do uh, on both sides of me and close my eyes. And like you said, because I lived in the middle of Ohio and there wasn't a venue around here. Right. And I would have been ostracized if I ever went to see Kiss. Oh, God. From the family. (laughs) That was the way I would go and see Kiss, Mm -hmm. was to just sit there and picture it in my mind. So they wanted this to be a concert experience. And that's what they did. You eventually, uh, not to break subject, but I guess we're staying on the same subject. You eventually did did go to see Kiss as you got older. Um, do you remember your first Kiss concert? I do. It was uh, Animal Eyes. Okay. And uh, Queensryche opened up, and they got booed off stage. Now, was this when uh, Kiss had? Yeah. <laughs> now, now that's interesting. Now that's interesting because I'm a Queensrÿche fan. Now, but I, I need to clarify: I'm a Queensrÿche fan up until about Promised Land. And then after Promised Land, I was done. I know a lot of people like here, here in the Now Frontier. Well, this I, was their very first record. Nobody knew who they were. They weren't yeah. Queensryche yet. They yeah. were just you know some guys from Seattle that they Kiss had been dragging on the road. And Jeff Tate really didn't have that rock star in the '80s look. And uh, somebody said he looked like Elvis, and that kind of shot around the stadium. Elvis. They started chanting Elvis. And oh, jeez. It was. In, I always felt so bad. Oh, sure. That's terrible to get booed off stage like that. But bring on Kiss. You know, that's what I'm here for. Oh, sure. Right, right. No, <laughs> yeah. you're absolutely... I bad for any opener, really, that's coming on, because you're sort of biding your time, unless it was billed. And obviously, they weren't billed necessarily behind. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's, I, well, I never got to see Kiss in their original form. Um, and I didn't go see them on the reunion tour, because uh, some things kept me from, from seeing that tour. But uh, I've always regretted not seeing the original foursome. Mm-hmm. That would have just been a spectacle. Now, they're on the end of the road tour right now, and there's been a lot of speculation coming up at the uh, final show whether or not the original uh, four are going to get back on stage and do one last song. Do you think it's going to happen? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think Ace is in a, in a place right now where he can put aside all the personal stuff because mm-hmm. it's getting really, really acidic right now. Yeah. And... As much as I would love to, and I 
was very disappointed that they didn't set it aside at the Hall of Fame and at least go up and perform a couple of songs. Sure. But I don't see it happening. I see some of the other guys getting up. Bruce Kulick, maybe Vinnie Vincent gets up for a song. Uh, Peter Chris might get up, do a song. Peter is interesting because you don't hear nearly as much stuff, shall we say, about the issues with Peter. You hear it more about Ace, you know, and and I and I even saw a picture. Uh, it was a few years back. There was a charity event. I want to say it was like 2018, 2019, something like that. And it was Gene and Peter, and, and they were laughing on stage like n- no time had passed, you know, but you don't see the same thing with Ace. No, Ace uh, took a lot of things personally. Yeah. And he's, come on, he's Ace. He's going out, he's doing his club tours, he's doing his book signings, he's happy. Yeah. He doesn't need to do, he doesn't need all the bull that goes along with a kiss tour. Yeah, and, and I mean, Ace is, Ace is Ace. I mean, he will forever be Ace Freely, you know? And he's the lovable one, you know? He's like Shaggy. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I, I was going to ask you briefly about um, when you went and saw them on the Animalized tour. Now, was this when they had Mark St. John? No, Mark had done the first two concerts of that tour, and then he got the arthritis syndrome in his hand, and Bruce Kulick stepped in and did the rest of the tour. And that was, uh, and they eventually replaced Mark with Bruce. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Now, Mark wasn't a good fit musically. You know, it's it's interesting you say that because, and, and I promise, Morgan, we will get to you here in a second. I'm, <laughs> hey, I'm taking, the view, I'm taking the journey with the viewer over here. Okay. I'm loving it. Um, a, f- a few weeks back, I want to say it was uh, mid to latter part of March, uh, Kiss, uh, this series they're doing called Off the Soundboard, they released um, different concerts at different points in time, different lineups, so forth. And the one they just released a few weeks ago was from that tour, and Mark St. John played on it. And yes. I had never I had never heard Mark St. John live. I had just heard the album, you know? Yes. So I, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to put this on and check it out. And I listened to the whole thing from start to finish. And it's funny you mentioned Mark St. John not being a good fit because I remember when I got done listening, I called my dad and I was like, Dad, you know, please understand, you know, Eric Carr sounded fantastic on there. And Gene and Paul, of course, Paul Paul said some stuff uh, that we, we, we can't repeat on the radio, shall we say. Um, but I was listening to Mark because I'd never heard him before. And he legitimately, it was like, he sounded like a fish out of water. He's a virtuoso. Yeah. And he doesn't fit in with the four chord you know, rock and roll, straight ahead rock and roll songs. And some of the work that he did on Animalize, they actually had to tone him down. They would have to say, no, do that, but do it slower. Mm -hmm. Because he likes to noodle up and down the fretboard. And that just, it's impressive, but it's just not Kiss. Right. Yeah, I mean, Kiss is very... I don't know, simple? If that's the correct word, but it's like, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's not... You're not breaking any new ground musically no. with Kiss. No, nobody's ever going to accuse Kiss of being some sort of virtuoso. Right. You know? They tried that and it failed with oh, The Elder. Which, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Music from The Elder, for the record, it's not a terrible record. It's really not. It's not. It's it's actually good. But it got such a bad rap because literally you came out of everything they did leading up to that. And they did this concept album and they tried to do something different. And it was actually a good record if you listen to it for its artistic value. Mm-hmm. But if you go into it thinking you're going to hear a traditional Kiss record, you're going to be highly disappointed. And it was. <laughs> it was <laughs> disappointing for everybody to hear that record. And when I saw the, the ad that they had on Facebook for the, uh, I think it was Poughkeepsie, New York, mm-hmm. it was the Mark St. John show, I had just commented in there 
very benignly. You know me on, on social yeah. media. I like to play by the rules, and I like to of course to, to yes. not you know offend poke the bear. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All I said was, <clears throat> excuse me. All I said was, is any of the money from the sales of this going to Mark's family? Or to his children, or you know, foundation, or is this just another money grab? <laughs> the bass player from Def Leppard loved the post. Yeah. <laughs> he heart reacted to it. Before they took it down, I snapped a screenshot. It was one of my favorite things in the world because I don't think they got along on their tour. That, Def Leppard and Kiss. I I can't I can't imagine. Yeah, Def Leppard. And it's actually funny. Um, as soon as you mentioned Def Leppard, the first thing that popped in my head was back at the uh, fairgrounds. Yes. Yes. There's a there's a story here, Morgan. Do you want to tell this story, Jamie? Not on the air. Not on the air. Look, <laughs> <laughs> anything to do with Def Leppard and those pants you were rocking in that photo, I can oh imagine. Oh, my God. It oh my. is probably some breaking news. <laughs> it was... Uh... <laughs> I'm lucky my truck was there the next day. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's rock and roll. It's the culture. Oh, my goodness. All right. Uh, I forgot where I was going with this now. Okay. Uh, so, <clears throat> talking, we, we, we mentioned before uh, we started Side A, uh, around this time when this record blew up, and uh, it was followed with Destroyer, if I recall, yes. um, it was about this time that this thing came about where... Suddenly, KISS had an acronym, and it was uh, Knights and Satan's Service. Yes, they and, were devil worshippers. Yes, of course, yes. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it, uh, it depends on what you heard for a long time before the internet came about. It was, you know, well, Gene spits blood, and they do this, and they sacrifice animals. I mean, it was everything under the sun. So kind of give us a little bit of a background, if you wouldn't mind. How did this come to be that all of a sudden KISS became these devil worshippers? I think that it was a very, very brilliant move by the record company to put that out that that's what that meant <laughs> and to say that if you played the albums backwards that you could hear hidden messages because it'll ruin your record if you play it backwards and then you got to go buy another one of course a brilliant move by neil bogart and the record company was to put that out there and, and let all the the 70s midwest karens <laughs> latch on to that and you know and pick it because nothing is like bad press. It's nothing. Oh, no, no I mean, such I thing. Think even Nancy press. Reagan was on was talking about them before she got hard on. You know, NWA. I mean, it was kind of before rap. You know, you it's McCarthyism at its best. You know, people just saying like, "Oh, I don't want my children being exposed to something that doesn't fall into like this exact path." Where it really, if you dig way down deep, it's because they really didn't want a parent. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it was, we're still in a culture where now we're, we're like these elevator parents, but it wasn't like that. Even in the early 70s, early 80s, we were still sort of left to our own, you know, devices. So if you were going so far conservative, you didn't want to have to get and really monitor what your children were listening to. So what's the easiest thing to do? Just say anything I don't know is bad. If it's not Anne Murray. And that's why I think disco had such a profound effect because, you know, we were talking in the break. We forget that, you know, the recession kind of, began late 70s early 80s and not everybody had money to go to concerts to buy albums so if it's if kiss is released today in an economy like ours where we just have a little bit more we're just spending money in a different way how well would it have done do you know what i mean it's hard because it's hard even now when we're looking back at all the statistics i would even say but who did they ask it's like the nielsen numbers who who is the one really filling out the paperwork who is the one that was off not on third shift that could answer oh yeah this is what i'm listening to you know, it's just hard to really get a good gauge on that. But that is, I mean, Knights of the Satan. So, I mean, I would have bought it just for that. <laughs> yes. Literally. Yes, and that, I think that's one of the brilliant moves by the record company was to put it out there. I don't think that uh, there's a, a mother 
or uh, who was it? Uh, Al Gore's wife in the Tipper, in, in Tipper, Tipper Gore in the eighties. We had to have the congressional hearings mm-hmm. oh my God. where D. Snyder looked at Al Gore and said, "Well, yeah, listen to the album before you let your kids listen to it." Because being a parent is hard, Mr. Gore. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Dee Snyder is, is telling you how to be a parent. You're probably not doing it right. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. great. So if you, think, if you yeah. are really, really interested in what your kids are listening to, listen to it. Chances are you're probably going to like it. You sit there and you tap your feet to it. I don't like some of the things that my son listens to. Mm-hmm. It, Hi, Shay. I don't like it. No matter what it is, I'll ask what that young lady is so angry about, even if it's a male singer. Sure. Right. <laughs> right. But when he's not when he's not around and it comes on the radio, I don't turn it off because it's just music. Yeah. It's not going to hurt anybody. Right. The, only, the only thing you're hurting with that kind of stuff is your pockets because your kids are going to hit you up for that record because you ruined it playing backwards. Yeah, that's that's very true. And it's and you know to go along with that uh, same thing really like from I guess my era, you know, late 80s, early 90s when um, you know Snoop Doggy Dog came on the scene and Doggy Style hit and it was, you know, every parent's worst nightmare. Oh my god, here's this guy who, and cuz the the rumor was he had, you know, shot a cop. And oh my god, we can't have this. I this is a, and this is a, a true story here folks. Folks, I'm about to tell you. Um, I had a taped copy, not a real copy. I had a taped copy that Buddy made me of the album. And I purposely had it in a cassette tape um, that wasn't marked, thinking, my dad will never find this. <laughs> and uh, one day, and I, I had my headphones on because I knew what would happen if he heard it. And so I had it in, didn't think anything about it. All of a sudden, I get this knock on the door. I don't hear it. I'm jamming. I turn around. My father's staring right at me. I was like, hey, Dad. And he's like, what are you listening to? And he takes the headphones off, and he puts it on. And I'm not going to say what song it was, but it had a lot of expletives, which is pretty much every song on that album. Yeah. And uh, he's like, give me the tape now. And I was like, all right. So he takes it, tapes over it, makes a tape for my grandma, and says, here, Joseph made your brand new tape. Aww. Aww. Jim, that's so sweet. (laughs) (laughs) And then you wanted it all the more. Uh, I did, know? actually. Yeah, I yeah. went out and then, and when I got older, I went and bought my own copy. I bought two, actually. Is, is, exactly at what point in your youth did you think you could get one over on your dad as far as music was concerned? Uh, <laughs> well, it wasn't until I got older I realized he knew every trick yeah, in the he book. Knew everyone, he wrote it. He wrote <laughs> yeah, that book. He did. He absolutely did. All right. We're going to get back into the album here now that we've went on for, what, 20 minutes? It seems like. I don't know. But uh, anyways, we're having a blast here in the studio at Owens Community College. Radio, come see us. We're right inside the Fine and Performing Arts Center on the campus of Owens Community College Broadcasting. Owens Community College Radio, OCCR Outcast. This is Kiss Alive, side two from uh, their classic 75 LP Alive. Check it out. Randomosity Live for Vinylthon 2023.
Live for Vinylthon 2023 in studio on air here at Owens Community College Radio. I'm glad that we were able to wrap up the conversation we were having about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Goodness, right? I was like, I'm like looking at the clock. I'm going, man, she is really intense about that, man. She's <laughs> great. If you're watching us uh, off air on our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com forward slash randomosity podcast, you're in on the conversation. If you'd like to go check that out while you're listening, please feel free to. It's a lot of fun. We're over there live right now. And we are uh, on air here at Owens Community College Radio. In fact, give me just a second here because i got to play my legal ID. Hang on. You're listening to the Outcast OCCR Owens Community College Radio. Findlay, Perrysburg, and Toledo. Owens Community College. Keeping the community connected. All right. Now we're legal. All right. Cool. All right. Sorry. <laughs> I had to get that in. <laughs> Got to do it. Exactly. Got to do it. Otherwise, we could uh, lose the ability to do this for you guys. Randomosity Live for Vinyl Thon 2023, big nationwide celebration. We got going on a bunch of different college stations, turning back the clock for um, 24 to 48 hours, playing nothing but vinyl records. And we're no different here at Owens Community College Radio, uh, doing the program live, profiling. Kisses Alive, brought to you in part by Allied Record Exchange at 1710 South Reynolds Road in Toledo, or 30 and rather 3253 Navarre Avenue, Suite B in Oregon. And of course, you can find them on Facebook, Allied Record Exchange Reynolds and Allied Record Exchange Navarre. And before we get back into this, you know, I kind of want to have a little personal, I have a personal story rather about this place. I uh, started shopping there back uh, before I even really moved to this area in the spring of 2014 and then I moved here and shopped more and um, about the latter part of 2018, early part of 2019, I had some personal issues and was looking for an escape and I would literally just walk into the record store um, on my days off and it was like I could put all my worries behind me and just listen to whatever they had on and browse records. I used to spend hours hours in this place and uh, to just get away from things and that was how I got into Little Milton, that was how I got into Howlin' Wolf Uh, that was how I discovered um, you're gonna laugh Mata Hoople (laughs) 
<laughs> so that was that was how I did all that. And interestingly enough, I brought a Mott the Hoople record. We might have to play a cutoff there. But um, Outlet Record Exchange is a great place to be and uh, be a part of. And you should go check it out. 1710 South Reynolds Road in Toledo, 3253 Navarre Avenue, Sweet B. In Oregon, Jamie, I know you're a big fan of record stores. You grew up in quite a few, didn't you? I did. We had two at the mall in Lima. Um, You just spend hours in there. Mm. Leafing through. You can't leaf through anymore. You would just find your letter of whatever band you wanted and then and then you would find bands that you didn't know existed because they were you know in the caves if i was in there looking for a kiss record i found um several bands that way mm-hmm. that i would just buy the record and give it a shot some misses but more often than not i would like it but there's nothing like opening up for the very first time jagged little pill and like going through and reading through these lyrics like it just I don't know they're just I feel I think it's a it's sad really Jagged Little Pill God I'd forgotten about that one yeah, yeah. Uncle Joey broke that girl's heart <laughs> he really did and for what for what but I'm glad that it like worked out in the way that it worked out but just you know and talk about like the album that broke your teens you know you hear something like that and you think yikes yeah that's that record was a soundtrack to my 94. Yeah, right. well, I remember the first time I heard anything off of it was back in seventh grade. I had this uh, language arts teacher where we, um, you know, this is back then when people still went out and bought in masses albums. Totally. And the whole thing was um, we were studying um, when you would read something and how you would, like, perceive it and comprehend it and that kind of thing. So... She decided to uh, have an assignment where we could all bring in one song. As long as it had a lyric sheet, she would copy it off, and it would get passed around the room, and we would discuss oh, nice. the song. That's cool. And that was the first time I heard anything off of that album. And I, and I remember the girl picked Ironic. And that was the first time I got to hear Alanis Morissette. You know, and, and I'd, in passing, you know how you would see stuff, and I'd look on MTV and go, who is this crazy Canadian woman on TV, right. you know? And then I heard Ironic, and I was like, oh, that, that, that's actually a really good song. Well, hopefully yeah. the teacher told her that none of those examples are actually irony. No, right? <laughs> yeah, right. I know. Right. What a great opportunity. <laughs> and now it's been so overplayed, I actually changed the radio station anytime that that song comes on. But it was, I do. I still listen to, especially, I love, what I love most, too, are like the younger artists that will recover um, you ought to know. And I'm like, but you ought to know that you can never do that. Like, you can <laughs> yeah. never, you can never really understand. And, and so, and what breaks my heart, too, is that there's no more, like, unplugged culture. And I know that it was on VH1, and it was sort of, we were all kind of like, eh. But when, you know, obviously the most infamous unplugged is Kurt Cobain. Mm-hmm. And and they're 35, what it was, 45 minutes with commercials. Mm-hmm. Like, this idea to really, like, get so into the music that the lyric, like, would ruin your day. Yeah, and now I feel like you know we listen to radio, and while Taylor Swift, God bless her, you know all these little girls, and they are some pretty strong lyrics, but like to never really understand that you would run home from school because mm-hmm. you couldn't tape something. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, what we're saying is get like, off our lawn. <laughs> exactly. Stay exactly. Off our lawn. Stay off our lawn. Get your ball off my roof. Oh, Jeez. man. And stop stealing my paper. Yes. <laughs> Good Lord. Yes. <laughs> All right. We're here. We, we we keep getting off subject, but there's nothing wrong with that. We no, can. No, no, no. Kiss. I've, I have had a good time. Though. Yes, talking today about Kiss. Thank you, Morgan. I appreciate that. Uh, talking about the Kiss Alive album, we just got through uh, record one there. And uh, we were talking um, off air about the song She. And that's one of my favorite songs off this live record. It's one of the classic Kiss songs. They don't play it live anymore, and I don't understand why. 
maybe it's because of this, because that song was recorded by Ace, excuse me, not Ace, Gene and Paul in the previous band, Wicked Lester, which is really a light, really light rock 70s style, almost Jethro Tull with flutes and wind instruments. And if you go to YouTube, you can look up Wicked Lester She. It doesn't sound anything like the Kiss record or right. the Kiss song. But like I said earlier, when they had to do three albums in 16 months, yeah. there's only so many songs that you can write. So Neil Bogart went back to these master tapes from a record that didn't get released, and they said, okay, we can do this song, and we can do this song, or re-record them as Kiss songs. That way we'll have enough for this record. Sure. And so uh, Love Her All I Can and She, they pulled off the old Wicked Lester tapes. And, man, I really prefer the Kiss song. I, I, Especially Ace's solo at the end of that song. Well, that's a song, too. Uh, if you've got the Dress to Kill album, there's a studio version on there. And I I played the live one a lot before I even like discovered the studio one. Because I remember when I first heard the studio one going, that doesn't sound anything like the one that you know I'm used to. I mean, there's some s- similarities. It's kind of like what you were saying with Rock and Roll All Night. There's like different things. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she is one of my favorite, I guess, early Kiss songs. And it wasn't until much later on and you're talking about Wicked Lester that I found out that that was actually not originally a Kiss song. It wasn't. I don't even think that uh, Gene and Paul had a hand in writing. I know Paul had a hand in writing one of them, but I don't think they had a hand in writing She. I think that that was outside writers. I was going to say, I mean, definitely listening to that song and, and, you know, please understand nothing against any of those guys, but you could clearly tell that was not a Gene Simmons song. No. (laughs) Gene is, uh, Gene's, Gene's stuff is, uh, I think a little, um, very, very bass driven, I guess, if that would be the proper terminology. Yeah. It's got a lot of bottom end and it goes to that persona that he has been involved with his entire career. Um, so I was debating about whether to do this or not, but I'm going to do it here real quick before we get into side three here. Um, I I had this assignment in media writing class here on campus because I am a student. So we're not just here playing records and and having good times. I'm actually a student here at Owens Community College in the Broadcast Media Technologies program. And in media writing class with Professor Robert Thomas, we had this thing where we had to write a review and we could pick a review on anything we chose to write about. And I chose the uh, Into the Road Tour by Kiss. And so uh, I turned it in for a grade. I haven't gotten a grade yet, but I've heard from Professor Thomas. He's like, I really like this. So I'm going to read this if you don't mind, Jamie. Go ahead. All right. Um, It's 1972. Stanley Eisen had just turned 20 years old. Gene Klein was just a couple years older and was also the son of a Holocaust survivor. Together, they were members of a group called Wicked Lester. They eventually signed to and turned in an album to Epic Records that was immediately shelved and never officially released. Shortly after, the band was given its release from the label. Feeling that the reason for the failure was due to the band not having a clear musical and artistic direction, Eisen Klein decided to dissolve the band and form a new group. Stanley Eisen changed his stage name to Paul Stanley. Gene Klein did the same, but began calling himself Gene Simmons. They began drawing from their mutual love for the music and stage shows of acts such as Slade, Alice Cooper, the New York Dolls, and the British rock sound of the 60s, spearheaded by Jimmy Page, Eric Clapton, and Jeff Beck. 
By early 73, two kids from New York were unknowingly about to change the way the world heard, saw, and experienced popular music, forever becoming a part of our American culture and fabric. Kiss was born. Since then, while never at any point being a critical favorite, the band has released over 55 albums. 20 of those LPs were original studio albums over a dozen compilations, multiple live albums, various box sets, four solo albums from 78, and three, quote, instant live albums, not to mention 60 singles. From that, Kiss has earned 30 gold albums with 26 Kiss albums and four solo albums that were all released simultaneously, an accomplishment never before achieved by any band. Along with their multi-million dollar grossing tours that have spanned from places like Joplin to Japan and Schweinfurt to Chicago, it also helped spearhead 14 platinum albums with three albums being multi-platinum. 2014, they were nominated and voted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. 2015, awarded as the number one gold record award-winning group of all time by the RIAA. However, it wasn't just music and concerts the Kiss became known for. So let me ask you, how many times have you walked into a local clothing store or boutique and saw a Kiss shirt or maybe even a Kiss lighter? How about Kiss toilet paper or maybe even a Kiss casket? These were all real things. With over 125 licensed partners for their name and likeness for marketing purposes, Kiss also redefined the art of the brand and made themselves merchandise marauders. Easy for me to say. So you may be asking yourself, what's next? Well, it's very simple. It's the end of the road. Beginning on January 31st, 2019, the band began touring for the final time with 13 legs starting in Vancouver, Canada at the sold-out Rogers Arena and the culmination set to take place on December 2nd. 2023 at Madison Square Garden in New York City. The band is going out just as loud as when they came in, as the time grows closer to say goodbye to one of the greatest and most influential acts in the history of entertainment. Legendary frontman Paul Stanley, now 71, has said they felt it was only right that they play their final show in the heart of the city where they started. Amazing how fast tickets are going for End of the Road. We're blown away and humbled. These nights will be forever will be unforgettable for us all. Say what you want about the simplicity of their music or maybe even how they rewrote the rules of rock and threw the proverbial middle finger to the establishment and the critics, you can't deny their track record of success and the influence they have had. Even Garth Brooks has said that Kiss influenced the way he put on and performed his live concerts. And by the way, whatever happened to that guy? With projected revenue set to reach close to 175 to 200 million by the close of the tour, it is clearly obvious that even some 50 years since they began their journey as a group, the opening from their legendary first live album released in 1975 Alive still stands true. You wanted the best, you got the best, the hottest band in the land, Kiss. Yeah. What'd you I need like me that. for? I'm not <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that, man. Thank you so much. Hopefully I get a good grade on it. I'll, I'll, I'll find you out Monday. You should write for Wikipedia. Well, he thank should. you. I appreciate that very much. Thank you so much. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, Professor Robert Thomas, if you're listening, thank you for giving me an an, an A in advance. I appreciate yes. that. Yes. All right, what turntable am I going to? Sorry, I had to look behind me here. We have the studio set up a little funky, but it works great for us. I got to tell you. By the way, I just want to say thank you to everybody who helped put together Vinyl Thon this year for us, 2023, and for helping uh, the assistance that came in from our uh, student staff here at the radio station that helped put everything together. And to Herbie Atkinson and the rest of the staff who literally in the middle of the show we're doing maintenance on one of the turntables that we are using so thank you so much <laughs> oh goodness all right getting back into the album now side three kisses alive from 1975 turn it up you're listening to randomosity with dr j thomas and this is toledo's only vinyl radio show 
pictures of my
That is side three from Kiss's legendary 1975 LP, Alive. We got Jamie DeVette in studio, Kiss historian Morgan Kaczynski from NBC24. We got Roxy Lynn on standby getting ready for the Pride Hour. She's interjecting her opinion. Hey. Hey, uh, Sugar's here. Sugar's here. Sugar's here. Sugar's here. Okay. Uh, Hang on one second here because I got to lift this up. I don't want to ruin my record here. All right. Okay, so we're getting towards the end here. We got one more side to get through, uh, and we were discussing this off air, and and it's a fascinating story regarding the recording of this album. Uh, there are, uh, you know, some live songs on here, but not everything is live. No, they recorded it at three different uh, venues. I think Detroit, New York City, and I can't remember the other one. Maybe even those two aren't aren't correct. I, I think it was the Agora, wasn't it? Maybe. Yeah. In Cleveland? Yeah. Yes, you're right. Yep. But even then, there were missed notes that they couldn't release that way. Gene forgets the lyrics to Let Me Go Rock and Roll almost every time he had to sing it. So there were a couple of songs, and I don't, I was never able to figure out or find out what songs that they were, where they just recorded them at soundcheck and then mixed the crowd noise in later. Mm. Is it a 100% live record? No. But nobody is putting out a 100% live record. There's always tweaks to it. Sure. And there's always going to be flat notes when you're singing or, you know, ace is ace. He's not going to hit every one of his notes, right? So they would have to go in. And even if on the live cuts, they did a lot of overdubs. Right. But it doesn't take away from the overall product. It's still a masterpiece. It is. It's legitimately one of the best live albums ever made, if not the best live album ever made. I mean, this one and Frampton comes alive are my top two. I can, they interchange oh, depending oh, on my on my mood. Mm-hmm. My dad was a big fan of Frampton Comes Alive. He he used to joke with me. He's like, "Man, when I was growing up, if you didn't have this album, man, it was just given to you." Yeah, there was. Yeah, yeah the government gave it to you at <laughs> a certain age. <laughs> yeah, like in the eighties, when I turned a certain age, they they gave me a copy of Thriller. Here, right. you know, Here you're, you, go. you know. Yeah, this or is sports your sports by Huey Lewis. Right. Yeah. Back in Black. Those are the three records everybody had. I don't care who you were. Footloose was another one. Foot, yeah, oh, foot, we, we, we've, we've, we've got the um, jacket for the original Footloose soundtrack with Kevin Bacon up here in the um, studio. And that's actually, I used to have that record. Yeah, everybody did when in the 80s. Hello. Yeah, and there are certain records that everybody had in a certain age group. Mm. Kiss Alive, everybody had this record. And Destroyer, and the ones that came after it. Because after the this record, they realized that we can't let Kiss just go in there and record their music. We have to have a band leader, somebody in there that's going to be a drill sergeant. Mm-hmm. Bob Everson actually had a referee's whistle that he would blow to get everybody's attention. Hey, let's focus. Let's get this record the best we can do. Let's just not record some music and hope it hits. Let's get that live element in here Mm -hmm. and make it because this was the the benchmark. This is what they wanted to reproduce in the studio. And largely, they pulled that off. Yeah, this is an album that, quite frankly, if you are a fan of rock and roll music, it is a must-have. Absolutely. It's kind of like the whole thing about government-issued albums. This is your... (laughs) In my age group, this is the one we got. Right. Now, talking about uh, Kiss and this era here where it literally exploded because of this was this your favorite kiss album or was there another one that was your favorite my favorite kiss album yeah there are three of them yeah um destroyer Mm -hmm. revenge and the elder 
Okay. And I don't think it's a coincidence that Bob Ezrin produced all three of those. Very good point. And I was just thinking about that. As you were saying that, I'm going back and I'm like, God, those records sound familiar. You're, you're absolutely right with Bob Ezrin. You know, Revenge, uh, we talked about this on What's Going On. Revenge was the first album I remember of original Kiss material I remember hearing because my dad and again you know talking about it the other day he was an assistant manager at uh, Musicland back when it was in the American Mall which is a now defunct and torn down mall in Lima Musicland yeah yes yes that, forgot about that place. Yeah, he was assistant manager there from about eighty, late eighty eight, early eighty nine through the spring of ninety two. Man, your dad is old. Uh, well, <laughs> sorry, dad. Love you, brother. <laughs> I, he beat me in fantasy football. <laughs> he kicks my butt in fantasy football every year. I got to get my digs in. Oh my god, and he will appreciate that. He's, he's probably smiling, going, going, "Yep, I did beat you. Yeah. Yep, he did." Every year, it doesn't matter. Um, revenge sticks out for me because I remember that opening song with Unholy and just turning it up. Mm-hmm. Like, that is a song you can just turn like, whoa, this is awesome. And it's very atypical of Kiss. It's, mm-hmm. It doesn't have that typical four-chord structure and cool melodies and hooks. But that was also, if you go through their catalog, it is the second, it's the second Kiss record and the first one since... I don't count the live records mm-hmm. as studio records, but it's the only studio record since the first one that Gene has the lead song on the record. Deuce was on the first Kiss record, and uh, Unholy was on Revenge, but other than that, Paul, for some reason, always had the first song on the album. And that was the first one where, since the 70s, that Gene actually had the singles. Domino, Unholy... Mm-hmm. Those were the two lead singles off that. And it was the first time they just really focused on Gene because he was back. He was done trying to be the actor in the 80s. He was done trying to be a record producer. He just wanted to be in Kiss again. And I don't think it's any coincidence that once he finally came back to the fold and gave all of his attention to the band, that they put out one of the best records. Yeah, that album is a... It's I can literally put it on and play it from start to finish. And talking about Revenge, too. Um, Roxy Lynn over here, as a way to kind of pull the curtain back, uh, this has been my girlfriend for the last three and a half years... I had to think on that for a second. Sorry, Ann. Uh, it's been so magical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, three and a half. Quality saves. <laughs> Quality saves, yeah, right. Uh, but she bought me uh, the reissue of Revenge on LP, and I had the CD for years. Mm-hmm. And so when she bought it for me, and I was so excited because I'd been looking forward to it, I opened it up and I look at it, and I look at the Kiss logo, and I'm like, it looks different, you know? So then I was like, no, nah, maybe I'm just so. so. Then I went and it was driving me nuts. So I went and grabbed my CD, and I put the them side by side and sure enough it was totally different and what i didn't realize and this you brought this to my attention and i'll let you explain it because you can do a much better job about it than i can but there was a reason why that was well i don't know that i could do it any better than you are <laughs> yeah. but the kiss logo with the lightning bolt s's mm-hmm. sorry i hit the mic we're gonna get yelled at again <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that is a nazi Iconography. Iconography. And how do you pronounce that? Iconography. 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 Yeah, whatever. (laughs) Right, right, right. Pick another word next time. Right. And so that's illegal in in Germany. Mm -hmm. So in all German releases of a Kiss record, they have to have the S's in the form that you saw. Uh, That was probably a European release. Right. Which I I didn't even realize. I'm like, well, this is kind of cool. I've got a Kiss import. 
<laughs> this is kind of yeah. and it's like it's like an old school thing you know what i mean it's like it, it's really really cool all right let's dig into um side four here and then we'll come back we'll wrap up and um transition to sugar vermont who just walked in the door so we're gonna chit chat with her for <laughs> you can hear her in the back you can hear her from across the state lines yeah. people yes, i'm just <laughs> all right everybody this is randomosity live for vinyl thon 2023 side four of kisses 1975 classic double lp alive enjoy and turn it up this is randomosity live
from the crew, y'all. There's gotta be some people out there that like to drink tequila. And they would tell me there's a lot of you people there that like to drink vodka and orange juice. Yeah. I'll tell you something. When you're down in the dumps and you need something to bring you up, there's only one thing that's going to do it the way you want it. What's that?
All right, we are back on the air here. I almost didn't make it. <laughs> side four, closing out side four of Alive um, by Kiss from 1975. And uh, we were talking off the air a little bit about Netflix, and it all just kind of like went downhill from there. As, as it always does with Netflix, doesn't it? It's a bottomless hole. Bottomless yeah. Pit. It, it is. Like, I've I've lost so much time to Netflix, it's not even funny. Right. Just trying to pick something out. Exactly. Right. Yeah, you're just, like, flipped through for 15 minutes. None of this looks good, man. Yeah. Come on now. Awesome. All right. So that was side four of Kiss's uh, classic 1975 double LP, Alive. And My yes, favorite side, by the way. Side, side, side four, four? Side four. My favorite side. Side one, side four. Depends on my mood. Yeah. You cannot beat the way they do cold gin. It's just... Amazing. I'm a big fan of that long version of 100,000 Years. Oh, yeah. Just the the, the drum solo in that with Peter Chris is just off the chart. And this is what I'm talking about. With this record, it's a concert experience. Right. When they tried to repeat the trick with Alive 2, they only did songs on Alive 2 that were on the three records previous to that. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't a concert experience because you didn't get Deuce, you didn't get Strutter, you didn't get Firehouse. You know they played those songs at an Alive 2 show. Sure. But they didn't put those songs on it because they only wanted... That was a greatest hits that happened to be live. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference between those two records. And that's why this one is held in such high regard. And that one is kind of like an afterthought. Right. Plus, side four on that one is just... Uh, well, like we were talking about studio songs. Yeah. It was uh, sound checks. Yeah. And H. Freely's Rocket Ride is... Amazing. Yeah, well, yeah, and I was just like, that's that's like the one thing. Every time I put that album on, I look forward to that song, and I just crank it every single time. Rocket Ride is such a cool song. If you don't, if if you if you listening have never heard Rocket Ride by Kiss from a uh, live two, if you've got Spotify, iTunes, what have you, or if you're like me and you still go out and you buy physical copies of albums, make it a point to go find that song. And and think about when you're listening to the lyrics that that was 1978. Yeah, they got away with a lot, and that was the single off of Live Two was Rocket Ride. I still cannot believe they released that song as a single, and it was a studio song. Yeah, off a live album. Yeah, it's it's cra- and and talking about songs you couldn't get away with now. I think it's a fair statement to make. You couldn't, you could not get away with a song like Christine sixteen now. No, no, <laughs> not, not not at all. Well, you could, going but you would blind. take away from the from the fact that it's like art and that idea that it's art. You know, it's not as if somebody wasn't paying attention in seventy eight. It's just that maybe that Karen didn't get her hands on it and make it more than it needed to be. You know. Was songs uh, like uh, Seventeen by Winger. I mean, yeah. As we got into the eighties, it went up a year. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Those yeah. songs, as as a kid, I was like, "Those are great songs." But you know, as you get older, you're like, "Yeah, yeah." It's like it wouldn't it, fly now. Well, and it, and it changes too. Once you like have kids and you get responsibilities, it's like, "Oh God, now what was I thinking?" Yeah. You know what I mean? And but hey, it was a totally, totally different time. It was a different time. It, it really was. Um, Jamie Morgan, thank you so much for coming in today to My do this. Thank really you for do appreciate. Absolutely, we really do appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, coming up next yeah. in the Pride Hour, which is actually going to be, I, we might go a full hour. It'll depend on if my program director will let me, because um, we are actually running ten minutes over right now. Uh, but we've got uh, the Pride Hour coming up, where we're going to be uh, talking about different um, artists from the LGBT background. And yes, we will probably be talking about her food truck because she talked about having to cook 40 pounds of mac and cheese, and I want to hear this story. So thank you so much. For, 
Yeah. Holy sugar. Oh. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us uh, for the segment. We really do appreciate it very much. My name is Dr. J. Thomas. Stick around for the Pride Hour coming up next. And uh, don't you go anywhere. All right. You're listening to the Outcast OCCR Owens Community College Radio, Findlay, Perrysburg, and Toledo. Owens Community College, keeping the community connected. Is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? Caught in a landslide, no escape from reality. Open your eyes, look up to the skies and see. I'm just a cool boy, I need no sympathy. Because I'm easy come, easy go, little high, little low. Anyway, the wind blows, doesn't really matter. Nobody 
but he loves me. He's just a poor boy from a poor family, sparing his life from his monstrosity. Easy come, easy go, will you let me go? Bismillah, no, we will not let you go. Let him go! Bismillah, we will not let you go. Let him go! Bismillah, we will not let you go. Let me go! We will not let you go. Let me go! We will not let you go. Mamma mia, mamma mia, mamma mia, let me go. Beelzebub has a devil put aside for me, for me, for me. from Night at the Opera, Bohemian Rhapsody, live here on Randomosity, Toledo's only vinyl radio show for the Pride Hour, Sugar Vermont in studio. How's it going? It's going fabulous. Thank you for having me. Of course. And this is such a pleasure. When I first pitched this to you, you literally were like, oh my God, yes. So you yes. were like all excited <laughs> about it. Like immediately, yes. Absolutely. And I and I just want to say uh, thank you, actually, to uh, Andrew for helping to put this together. I really do appreciate it. Because had it not been for Andrew and um, really uh, him putting you on the air, I and then, of course, the maybe she's born with it, mm-hmm. I would have never discovered the great sugar vermont so well, welcome to the show thank you uh, yeah i never expected that radio would be something that i would ever do i was like this is not a face for radio okay <laughs> she needs a close-up um but i am really loving it you know andrew elizabeth zapeta as you mentioned he <laughs> plucked me out of the ether and threw me on his little radio show and i'm just loving it so much andrew is a really cool guy he's fun for. and it's 103.3 every morning monday through friday for the morning show darling. <laughs> And we do we do something really fun. I love uh, we 
dramatically reenact Facebook fights. Yeah. That's one of my all-time favorite things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Listening to her on the air is one of the most entertaining uh. things you will ever do. If for nothing else, just grab a drink at like nine in the morning and yeah. sit back and listen. Because I I will go off at nine in the morning, honey. <laughs> oh, my God. It worked up. Listen, and, he and, tells y'all to have a drink in the morning, but when I do. When, uh, yeah. when I have a drink in the morning, it's a problem. I see how it is. I see. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm trying to make more margaritas at 11 and we're like mm, can't have tequila <laughs> I'm getting picked on oh my god and, and you know talking about sugar going off I, I gotta tell you um, I, and I, I know we're getting off topic here but I was highly entertained by your little rant earlier today oh thank you <laughs> same same. I mean, it's the Facebook comment section. Somebody shared a post from the radio and somehow some angry, bitter lady tracked it all the way down <laughs> to my personal Facebook and slid into the comments. And I let it all, it's all water off a duck's back. I honestly don't care. But I'm just laying there and I'm like, you know what? I've had a long, long week. <laughs> yeah. And I have a spare two hours. I got time for you today, lady. <laughs> yes. And I went in. I just went in. <laughs> I, I, let, I let my inner uh, biatch out. I usually keep her in a box in the corner and I was like, you know what, bitchy show Come on <laughs> yeah. out to play. Yes. That is so great. Just like and then I, I'm not I'm not gonna read the whole thing. I'll just read an excerpt. Um but it was uh take Oh, God. Uh, what part are you going to read? Can't even read it without laughing. <laughs> Taking a quick glance at your profile, I'm wondering I'm wondering if your insecurity stems from the fact that your ex meth head boyfriend is more attractive than you. Well, that's the I, first line. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it was true. Like, I, I have a gift. I can just click on somebody's profile, and, and and within sixty seconds, I'm like, I know how to destroy you. Oh my god! <laughs> it was absolutely epic. You need uh, to go find it. And see, um, I, that 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 little Miss Bitch Sugar, she stays in her box, but <laughs> not today. I had time today. today. Exactly. Listen, I have a few people I need you to roast. Girl, okay, yes. I, 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 my new business, it's not maybe she's born with it. I'm just going to be online roasting people for $5 yeah, a comment. Right. There you go. It'll, 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 it'll be, be like that. It. Yeah. It'll be like that cameo service, except for insults. Except for insults. <laughs> right, exactly. All right, we are here on the Pride Hour talking about LGBT artists of the past who uh, paved the way. You know, you uh, heard Queen at the uh, top Bohemian Rhapsody, Freddie Mercury, yes. um, incredibly influential in the world of rock and roll and, and really culture i mean freddie there's a commercial that's airing right now and i think it's for amazon where the girl's sitting in her bedroom and she sees the freddie mercury bobblehead mm. and and she goes and buys the jacket that freddie used to wear on stage and she like starts dancing in class with it it's so amazing yeah freddie was a huge huge and, influence and influential today i mean lady gaga got her name from the song radio gaga mm-hmm. Um, it's everybody gets inspiration. Wade Mercury, he is a male stripper here in Toledo, and he came, he got it for Freddie Mercury too. Did you hear that male stripper coming in town? Okay, I'm just saying, <laughs> Freddie Mercury would be inspiring people, honey. Freddie Mercury, man, it, that that's the thing. Like Freddie was so so big, so and- talented. That voice, that yeah. voice. Did you ever hear the uh, opera album he did? No. It's fantastic. I will literally have to look that up. That yeah. sounds like so much fun. It is. It's very, very good. I mean, if you are a fan of his voice and how he projects, it's like you can just put it on and go, oh my God. I lo- and I love the intersection of like pop and opera. I have a whole playlist and some. I like put the playlist, it's... Um, uh, classical orchestral re-recordings of pop songs. So mm-hmm. it'll be like Lady Gaga, but like instrumental with an orchestra. Right. Beautiful. That Love would it. be beautiful. Yes. And by the way, before we go any further, for our online audience, you're listening to the Best of Toledo 2022. 
Luminosity. I've been waiting for that all day. Uh, I know. Uh, yes. With Best of Toledo, Sugar Vermont. Sugar yeah. Vermont. Maybe she's born with it, and you'll be seeing Maybe her. Maybe she's born cheese. with it. Don't yeah. get me sued by Maybelline. I got no money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she just, and that's actually no joke, because she just bought a brand new food truck. She yeah. is I, broke. I literally don't have any money. I just <laughs> put it all in a new food truck. Exactly. <laughs> I am so excited. Like I will be one of your first customers in a uh, new truck. A couple weeks, 30 days or less is my goal. Be on the road. Sling and right. cheese, baby. You were making 40 pounds of mac and cheese, and I got to be honest with you, this woman right here is a mac and cheese connoisseur, so yes. as, as soon as you're ready, call her. She will come out. Oh, absolutely. I love, listen, I'm on a diet, so like, don't tell people I'm cheating on it. Okay, <laughs> yeah. it'll be, it'll be, I'll be a sneaky link for that melted cheese girl. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> this this pasta right here, it's carb-free. Here, eat this. Yeah. Yeah, see, there you go. You just tell me it's carb-free. And All right, girl, I'll lie right to your face. Uh, <laughs> I'll eat it either way. Yes. Talking about you not only having the food truck, but you're also, I, I guess, a drag artist. Yeah. And, um, you know, you you traveled all over the country performing literally e- everywhere. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't always like that. You, you had to start somewhere. So if you wouldn't mind telling us a little bit about what uh, made you want to do all that and how all that came to be. Okay. Well, this is, thank you for that question because it's going to tie perfectly into the artist I'm going to talk most about. <laughs> I started performing drag at five years old. I put my dog's tennis shoes in my shirt. I slapped on a pink checkered hand-me-down apron from my mother and I performed uh, Dolly Parton's cassette tape to the neighborhood uh, children. <laughs> That's how gay I was. So here's the Dolly album for those watching online. Rhinestones and diamonds, baby. Oh, love it. So that, that was my first foray into drag. Five years old, my dog's tennis balls on my T-shirt, a towel wrapped on my head, and baby, I couldn't stop me from there. <laughs> now, this has fascinated me because when I pitched this to you and you talked about, you know, oh my God, are we going to talk about Dolly? Yeah. I looked into this, like, Dolly is like a legend. She is the legend, yes. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's not just country music, but mm. it's in the world of drag. Like, a lot of people look at her as like, oh my God, I want to be just like this Yeah, woman. and from ac- across genres, from country to... She was the original pop country crossover. Mm-hmm. Uh, nine to Five was number one on all the all the billboards or whatever they're called. Mm-hmm. Um, but she inspired so many people, and she's been slinging hits since the 50s and 60s. She, I mean, she is an over-the-top personality, but she is so authentically herself mm-hmm. that uh, I personally was so drawn to her. Always I, have been. I actually, she has this book club, and I uh, am subscribed to it, and Leah gets books every single month. Yes, the Dolly Parton Imagination Station Library. Actually, more than 50% of the kids in Lucas County are signed up for the free books from Dolly Parton. Y'all, if you are listening to this, if this reaches you, you can get free books from Dolly Parton for your kids every single month from the Dolly Parton Imagination Station book program. It is amazing. She's amazing. And it's very easy to sign up, too. I think it took me like two minutes. She is. She, Dolly Parton is America's patron saint. This woman does Literally. nothing wrong. <laughs> I'm, I'm, like, I'm like listening to all this, and, and I'm agreeing with it, because Dolly Parton, I mean, even going back, you know, like I have uh, to the time period I come from, Dolly Parton had hits on the radio in the 80s, 90s, and even like 2000s, and not even that long ago. And she still currently has hits. She just did a duet with Galantis, mm-hmm. um, and that hit the uh, dance charts. I think it got to number one. I think that's on there, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think it is. It was, let me check. Yes, Faith with Galantis. It hit number one on a dance chart, and... Baby, she is still making these hits. I think we're going to play that. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we're going to be right back. Uh, We're getting back into the music here with Sister Sledge in We Are Family. You're listening to Randomosity, and this is Toledo's only vinyl radio show.
having a good old time here, Randomosity Live for Vinyl Thon 2022 or 2023, rather. Wow. That's the second time I've done that today. <laughs> um, before we go any further here, I want to give props to the people at Allied Record Exchange for helping out with today's program uh, over there at 710 South Reynolds Avenue in Toledo and 3254 or 3253 rather Navarre Avenue in uh, Oregon. Sweet B. I have been shopping there for close to 10 years of my life, even shopping there before I even moved here, and it's a fantastic place to go. Uh, they were packed today. I swung through there uh, for Record Store Day to pick up a title that they sold out of. <laughs> I was Struggle. a little. I was I feel a li- like he's going to be sad about that all he's day. Going to be salty. We are going to be at dinner tonight, and I'm going to be going. They sold out of that Eric Carr record. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, be like, I'll make it better later. It's okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, she'll be making it better by falling asleep. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love you too. Uh, All right. So <laughs> this is turning into a fun. Oh, it's fun anyways. But uh, we, we were talking before the break about um, how you got started in the business and yeah. or I guess in the, the world of drag and so forth. And, um, you know, some of the most famous people, uh, people like RuPaul, Divine, etc. Um, the success of the drag race, you know, brought the drag community out into a huge positive spotlight, which, quite frankly, was long overdue. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, do you think there have been some negative aspects that wasn't anticipated that have come about because of that? Um, well, that's an interesting question. I mean, obviously, right now we have the culture wars where you have one side trying to demonize drag queens and make that a big deal. I don't know um, if that's necessarily a direct correlation to RuPaul's Drag Race, although um, I guess you could say that RuPaul's Drag Race normalized it enough to make it scary to those people. So I guess in that way, uh, maybe, but... I mean, I I really think that all of this drag queen backlash and nonsense and trying to legislate against it is blowing back in a really fun way. I I don't think I I don't think most people walking down the street really care. I think it's the politicians who are really latching on in one of the last gasps of the culture war. Like, oh, God, how can we divide people so they will fight with each other instead of asking for health care? Let's get the drag queens. Oh, my. It's it's like it's like it's it's literally almost as if they can't let the Reagan thing go. Uh, You know what? I just I don't know. God bless. But I Whatever, whatever you want to do as a politician, do it. I would just ask instead of picking on drag queens, went doing nothing but yeah. shaking their tatas to Dolly Parton. Perhaps fix the economy. <laughs> perhaps right. get me some health care. Call me crazy. God perhaps forbid. Stop a war. But yeah. yeah, legislate against drag queens. That'll be fun for everyone. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there, that's you know, it's just I, I don't get it. It's like look, if it's you, nonsensical, it's a distraction. Yeah. It's a classic <clears throat> divide and conquer tactic. <clears throat> And I, I don't think it's working. I mean, some people, of course, latch on and yeah. with their last, oh, who am I better than? Drag queens, that's all. I'm down to drag queens. Well, all right. Feel better than the drag queens if that's what you need to get through the day. But at some point, people are going to realize what a farce this all is. Drag as an entertainment form has been around since entertainment has been around. You're absolutely and we're Not hundreds of years, thousands of years. Yeah. Since there has been entertainment, there's been drag queens. So y'all can get right over it. If, if, <laughs> if you look back in history, there were a lot of people, especially, I mean, there were, there were rumors for the longest time that uh, J. Edgar Hoover was uh, quite mm-hmm. into drag. That that was the rumor, and he was the director of the FBI. People mm-hmm. just want to let everybody know that. <laughs> um, you know, personally, uh, talking about the drag world, I attended my first drag show this past uh, Valentine's Day at Hamburger Mary's downtown. So fun it was, and uh, by the way, fantastic food. I just want to let everybody know that. Mm-hmm. These... I think I cried at least twice because I was in 
so much shock. Uh, and it was and I so that, much fun. I love that drag is getting this attention because we've been working hard for y'all. <laughs> and you we've been working work. hard. <laughs> I, your my first experience with you was at the Toledo Best Radio Show or the uh, Best of Toledo. Best of Toledo, Toledo Club. Yeah. yeah. The, and listen, I literally was tapping him on the shoulder <laughs> the whole time, like, oh my god, look how amazing she is. Oh, and thank I, I was you. in just in awe, and I was like. She's so beautiful. It was <laughs> such an amazing night. Uh, the Toledo City Paper threw it for the winners of Best of Toledo. Um, and, that, and they asked me to entertain, which was amazing. And I had so, 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 so much fun. It was a great night. <laughs> and yeah, I think it's really cool that we have drag queens now booked at the Toledo Club. Yeah. Uh, that's not something you would have ever yeah. imagined 20 years ago. No kidding. <laughs> Especially if you've been inside of the Toledo Club. Like, yeah. That's not something you would... It's not, it wouldn't necessarily look like what you would assume mm-hmm. to be a quote unquote drag audience, but guess what? Drag is for everybody. And I and think everybody I, there had a blast. Right. And you know, once everybody gets like, okay, this is a little different, this is a little weird, gets over that initial discomfort, like, I'd be like, oh man, she's jamming to that dolly. <laughs> <laughs> and she's that's, normal just like us. Right. <laughs> and you know, talking about dolly, I mean, as soon as you mentioned dolly, I'm just, and you just went on like, oh my God, I, I can talk for hours about dolly. I literally can talk for hours and hours and hours about dolly Parton. Do- Dolly Parton is one of those people, like when we, we spoke about it on the last break, you know, highly influential. You're listening to Randomosity, and this is Toledo's only vinyl radio show. If I should stay, I would only be in you. of the
Doctor is in. This is Randomosity, Toledo's only final radio show. No, the road gets hard, and you just wanna leave. I ain't never too far. Just have a little faith in me. When all the fears you have. Have a little faith in me completely distracted next thing you know i'm like i didn't get my record cued Uh-oh. oh man uh-oh we distracted him yes. mm-hmm. i am a very distracting <laughs> presence i will say that <laughs> and, and now my cord's tied up into the chair here oh right. lord it's all the drag queens fault we yes. should ban drag queens they're terrible no. <laughs> they yeah. they tie up my headphone adapters and yes Maggie. 15 minutes 15 minutes all right, so I guess, uh, well, let's see. Where do you want to go from here? Do you want to do Bette Midler or do Bette you want to? Bette Midler, yes, please. Bette Midler, okay. Yes, I love me some Bette. That was also, gosh, I remember seeing Bette Midler 
on the Rosie O'Donnell show growing up, and she had that song, I'm Beautiful, Damn It. Oh, yeah. my, that spoke to my young gay homosexual soul so much. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so interesting because I'm talking about, you know, watching her on Rosie O'Donnell, but like Rosie O'Donnell could not be out of the closet while the Rosie O'Donnell show was on. That is true. And yeah. a couple years before that, I mean, I grew up watching TV in a time where you could literally, literally, you could not be gay on TV. And this is not long ago. This was 30 years ago. Ellen got fired for being the first open lesbian mm-hmm. on television, and she was fired for it. Yeah. And here I am on Facebook Live streaming and on your radio show and 103.3 every morning, and I just did NBC, and I did the great food truck race. And I and it's so interesting and so cool how fast the culture has moved and changed towards acceptance because we have went from you can't be gay on TV to Sugar Vermont slinging mac and cheese <laughs> yeah, in right. like 25 quick years, honey. And and winning awards, by the way. Yeah, yes. it's, it's really cool to think about. You were saying something, Roxy? Oh, I was saying how amazing it is, just how much... That was very grammatically incorrect. No, I. It's, <laughs> it's just, like an exponential growth and acceptance. It's not yeah. like you would never think. And for so long, for for forever, mm. it was a, a taboo. But yeah. anymore, you know, love and acceptance. What once you start loving somebody and they tell you who they actually are, it's really hard to start hating that kind of people anymore. Well, well, look, you know, we're all we're all born a certain way, and quite frankly, I mean, if we can't accept each other, then who can we accept? Period. And I just love love in general. I don't care who you love. I love love. I love it. Although <laughs> I, I love it. Although technically, I will say, like, I love like Toledo loves love. It's all amazing. But I'm like, I'm a little apathetic towards love. Actually, I'm about that single life. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, single Pringle. Yeah, ooh, that a single Pringle. She sounds crunchy. Single Pringle. <laughs> single Pringle with barbecue. And there you go. <laughs> Good time. Spicy barbecue. Spicy, spicy barbecue. Yeah, <laughs> that's. There's kind of a running joke there with the spicy barbecue. It's, that that goes back to when we were first dating. Yeah. Um, we're actually we just got the notification that we're we're kind of running short on time here, so we're gonna get one more track in. Actually, we're we're gonna get two, but we're gonna play a song here. We've been talking about playing for a while, and uh, I sent this to you the the other day and. Literally, you were like, oh, my God, I've never heard this, but I love the it. The Bette Midler? Yes. Oh, my, I literally, it is now on my, like, official sugar getting ready playlist. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yes. I feel like taking somebody's man. Mm. Oh, yeah. So this is actually, this is off of her second record, uh, released in 73. Um, and this was originally a blues song covered by, or not covered, uh, a blues song recorded by Albert King. And Bette Midler covered it and, like, made it her own. I love it. And she's got, that. that is a sassy broad right there. She started... I mean, speaking of gay being taboo, she started in the 60s and 70s in the bathhouses of New York City, mm-hmm. where where the gays were doing their gay butt stuff. <laughs> <laughs> can we literally, say that on air? She, you can say gay butt stuff, I checked. Um, but she was, literally, she was literally working the bathhouse circuit, just yeah. like if you, if you guys saw American Horror Story last mm-hmm. um, this past season, it was New York City, and it was in that time, and mm-hmm. Patti Lapone was in it in a role kind of inspired by Bette Midler, because Bette Midler is the OG, not O, oh, I almost said an old term, it's a, it, <laughs> it, it, it rhymes with rag hag, but she's yeah. the OG one, honey. Yes, yes she is. <laughs> oh my goodness, all right, so we're going to play this song here, and then we'll be back to wrap up, and we're going to uh, close with uh, kind of an important song to, uh, I guess, uh, not just the LGBT world, but disco, and, and pretty much a lot of people in general, and it's a kind of an anthem so to speak but before then we got Bette Midler here this is called Breaking Up Somebody's Home on Randomosity Live Toledo's only vinyl radio show I got a funny feeling that all of you girls had better hold on to your man cause I feel 
Toledo's only vinyl radio show on Owens Community College Radio. We're having a party here in the studio with Sugar Vermont. It's a whole Vermont, party, honey. With Roxy Lynn uh, playing Bette Midler there. I'm so excited that I turned you on to Bette Midler. Or not not, not, not to, to Bette Midler, but, but to this song. That song, yeah. it's, it's got a, like this jazzy vibe. And it's like, I feel like breaking up somebody's home. And sometimes you just feel like that, baby. I'm, mm. I, I, I figure one of these times I'm going to go to one of your shows and it's going to show up in your set list. <laughs> it, for I'm sure it will. <laughs> For sure. I'm going to feel real zesty one night. And I'm like, you know what? I feel like breaking up somebody's home. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks um, to Jay Thomas. <laughs> right. Thank you so much. And then I'll and then I'll get a phone call. Jay, did you do this? Oh, my goodness. We actually, uh, the, we were just talking off air. And if you're following us on Facebook at Facebook.com Randomosity, or Facebook.com forward slash, rather, Randomosity Podcast, you know, we uh, ran over on the KISS segment. Otherwise, we would be spending a little more time, but we got the notification. We got to be off the air at 6. So, um, thank you to Sugar Vermont for coming in. I really do appreciate it. I absolutely. wish we could have had you longer. But it's fine. I've had so much fun. Thank you for having me. Yes, absolutely. And thank you, Roxy Lynn, for coming in. I appreciate it. And thank you for helping me out. And, of course, I will see you at home um, <laughs> I'll be there I'll be, well hopefully it's it's your house you know? <laughs> yeah that's true oh man Randomosity uh, Toledo's only vinyl radio show is a production of Randomosity podcast LLC copyright 2022-2023 no portion of this program may be rebroadcast retransmitted or reproduced without the express re express Express written consent. There we go. Spit it out. Except for the parts with me, which I do not consent for <laughs> yeah. because I like attention. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Randomosity Podcast, LLC. Oh, my God. Copyright 2022, 2023. This poor man ain't going to be able to talk. Uh, it's, it's probably a good thing we uh, got the wrap it up thing because I'm getting to that point in life. Yeah. All right. So we're going to close with a uh, disco favorite here and a, an anthem for a lot of different people. And this was a song that came to be during the disco era. And talking about disco, you know, we talked about this off air that the whole idea behind it started in basically the gay clubs and mm-hmm. it went mainstream, mm-hmm. right? The gay clubs and sometimes even the bathhouses, like with Bette Midler. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the gays got a good lock on this culture, honey. Don't come for us. <laughs> <laughs> so stop banning drag shows. Okay. Right. Please. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my goodness. All right, everybody. So this is Gloria Gaynor, and uh, I will survive. Thank you so much for joining us on Randomosity Live for Vinylthon. 2023. There, I finally got it right. All right, everybody. Till next time, thank you so much for joining us. And the doctor has left the office. See you later.
Listening to Randomosity with Dr. J. Thomas. And this is Toledo's only vinyl radio show.